Welcome to the Calgary Sessions. This is episode number 38. I'm your host, Jeff Humphreys. Today's guest, Tim and I, um, I'll be totally transparent. We started off, um, got hooked up through our good friend, uh, JJ, started doing work for this fella, and then we've become good friends ever since. So this will be a cool conversation because I don't know his full backstory, but uh, I'm pumped to get into it. So name and what you're up to. Yeah, uh, Rob Bolton. Yep. I am the current owner of Big Sky Barbecue in Okotoks, Alberta. And uh, living the dream daily. Daily. And your dream is a little different than most people because it, <laughs> it's up early and like there's a shit ton of work involved. Yeah, she's uh, she's a monster for sure. We uh, usually start our days around 2 a.m. and uh, end them at about 10, 11 p.m. So it's, yeah. a, it's a full circle. Yeah, you are, you, you know, I've been in the restaurant world for a long time, but obviously, uh, you know, from the outside in, you are the hardest working restaurant owner that I've ever come across. Yeah, I think that always gets injected and uh, drilled down. I'm a farm kid mm. from uh, Peterborough, Ontario, mm -hmm. and uh, parents always instilled a good work ethic. And yep. if you didn't, uh, back in those days, you'd get a swift kick in the ass. <laughs> literally. Yes, literally. <laughs> literally. So, which is really cool. You went there right away because the, you know, the show is I like the guests to go back as far as they want to go. And yep. you being out east and how you grew up will be a big piece of um, the equation of, you know, to understand what you're doing right now. So yeah. take it back, go, 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 go back as far as you want to go and just yeah. tell me about how you grew up and what you were doing back then. And then we'll weave our way all the way to, uh, where you are today. Yeah. You know, uh, so I grew up family of three. I got an older sister and a younger brother and, uh, both parents, we grew up on a farm and, uh, we started out actually on a bungalow off the farm and then grandparents passed away and we moved into the farmhouse and it was more of a hobby farm. I shouldn't say hobby farm, an excessively big hobby farm because my dad still worked full time and so did my mom mm -hmm. elsewhere. And so what then, was on the farm? When you say like an excessively big hobby yeah, farm? Yeah, like we had, uh, we had dairy cattle, we milked, we had a pipeline system. So if anyone's familiar with that, most of the systems nowadays are all parlor systems. Okay. And then uh, we actually got rid of most of the dairy side and then we went all registered limousin, which is a different type of breed of uh, cattle. Yeah. I thought I'd died and gone to heaven because we weren't in the barn seven days a week. Mm -hmm. We weren't working three working. times a day. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, it was uh, it was good. You know, we grew up uh, always playing sports. My dad was a uh, mom and dad both were big athletes and always tried to push the kids into sports. And yep. back then, you know, you didn't have computers or iPhones or any of that, so mm -hmm. you were always outside playing. And we grew up playing uh, hockey, lacrosse, baseball, all of it, all of it. Yeah. And mixed in, like, when did they, when did you start working on the farm? Like, was it an early age? Uh, probably about five. No way. <laughs> yeah. So there was no pissing around. It was. No, you're, if you're a farm something. kid, you're working. Yeah. Yeah. Anything like grunt jobs? Everything. Yep. Everything that needed done. Usually back then on the worst ones. Yeah. Like clean installs. Yeah. 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 Er so, yeah. Low everything. Man. Low man. Yeah. Did you, did you. Did you fight it? Did you know you, did, you had no option and you had to do it because you were going to get kicked in the ass? Uh, pretty much. Yep. Yep. That's how that rolls. Mm -hmm. You don't, uh, and anytime you want to sort of be lazy, you'll get reminded very quickly yep. what to do back mm -hmm. in the, yeah, it's a whole different era, right? W way different, right? Like, yes. And, and, you, and you set it to start this whole thing off. That is the reason you can do what you do today? I would 100% agree with that. Yep. Yeah. And did you know growing up that you were... I can't, I think I know the answer because I think I feel the same way. But when you're growing up and it's it's a it's a harder childhood, right? It's yeah. not it's not a free pass. It's like 
work, work, work. It's earned. And, uh, you know, but at the end of the day, you got to think what my parents had back then and what they did to put us through. Like, I played AAA All-Star Hockey in Peterborough mm -hmm. all my way right up to Bantam. Yep. And, uh, like, probably back in the day, couldn't parents afford that? Yep. Not really, but yep. they did. They made it work. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, they, uh, you know, just you think of the sacrifices that they all did for all, all three kids. Mm -hmm. and it was awesome, mm -hmm. you know, like... Uh, my sister, she played ball, a lot of baseball, volleyball, that yep. stuff. My brother, he sort of grew up in the same footsteps playing hockey, yep. baseball. And, uh, yeah, it was run, run, run. Yeah. You know, and it turned out one weekend, one parent would be going this way, and mm -hmm. another weekend, a parent would be going that way. And yep. it's just yep. for the love of their kids, right? Did you, when you were growing up playing hockey, because the, the level of hockey played was good, right? Yeah. Like when you're playing AAA, because, yeah. you know, you're probably traveling around. and Yeah. So it's serious. Did you... When you're doing that, so you're probably at AAA play. You're like 16, 17, midget AAA, or is it Bantam a little bit younger? Yeah, so I sort of tailed off and went more of the baseball route come Bantam. Yep. And uh, that's usually the age, even back then, where you're sort of leaning towards more of one sport. Yep. Uh, field lacrosse sort of came into the picture then a little bit with high school. And uh, it was... Uh, yeah, but baseball just sort of became my passion, and hockey sort of fell off. I still played right up until junior and yeah. uh i just didn't play at the highest level mm -hmm. it was more finding out that there was a party scene behind the scene mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. getting that scene rolling yeah and uh yeah it was uh it was great but uh baseball became my passion probably right around that age at about 15. and so are you doing both then are you playing like ba baseball is like spring yeah, summer spring summer still back then and right? then working too and working yeah. So you did that. Yeah. Were you always doing everything? Were you always going to school and working, playing sports and working? Yeah. And I got a job. My dad actually, uh, he's a, he was a counselor back home. He knows everyone. So I landed a pretty good little job with the city of Peterborough Parks and Forestry Division. Mm -hmm. So I was like a park ranger one summer at their Driving city. Driving around, doing whatever. Oh, it was awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those are probably stories for another, <laughs> <laughs> another session. But Beers. Yeah. It was... You know, some of those jobs were the best jobs ever, and uh, yeah, it just it just kept going. And your so. dad was cool with you getting off like off the farm to go work somewhere else. Yeah, so in uh, I think 1990, no, it would have been even earlier than that. 86, we moved off the farm. We sold the farm. Okay. And uh, they built a house on the back acreages there, and yep. uh, that was that was the change. That was awesome. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, awesome, you, awesome because you it yeah gave you're you a, a kid break. you're a kid I think I was like 15 14 yeah. 15 at the time and you know all of a sudden hey I don't have to do chores every night mm -hmm. like the most we had to do was whipper snip and cut the grass yeah. like once a week it was like a dream mm -hmm. they put a pool in for us it awesome. was like it's good living yeah awesome so then so then they did you did you know right away you needed to get a job or did they kind of suggest you get a job like where did that did no you, I think that was bred into us yep. you know like we've always had jobs mm -hmm. even 14 15 grocery packing at grocery stores yep. working at a service station pumping gas mm -hmm. back then and All i think it. like four dollars and 25 cents was minimum That's wage you're making? yeah <laughs> so it's just like yeah okay i'll get out and do this you know going to work yeah crazy yeah they said if you want to go out and you know have that lifestyle then yep. you've got to work for it yep. so they taught us that at a very early age yeah I've uh, drilled that down into my kids even to this day. Well, so. I was going to ask you because the boy works at 
at the restaurant, obviously. Yeah, and, and the 13-year-old daughter does. Oh, that, yeah. I haven't met her yet. Yeah. Do you, knowing how you grew up and what you experienced and kind of the conversation with your parents, do you, do you have the same conversations with the kids? Is it different? Is it modified? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's definitely modified, mainly because of my wife. Yeah. She's uh, like a buffer? She's the buffer. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's the backbone of the family, for sure. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, you know, you can't talk to kids like that anymore. But uh, at the same uh, time, there is moments where I'll, mm -hmm. you know. Hard line. They say that grandpa comes out. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, they listen. Yeah. So it's great, you know. <laughs> so when you were, when you're growing up, so you're kind of doing odds, odds and ends. Did you go to university or what, what kind of Yeah, happened? so I went to uh, college, graduated in law. Law. And uh, my passion at the time was I was going through to be a cop. No way. Yeah. And in Ontario, back in 1993, that's when uh, Bob Ray was in power with NDP. And they basically put an ad in the paper, you know, white males need not apply. No way. Because they were trying to get the, at the time, the, min the forces all balanced up with yep. minorities being yep. females. Uh, immigrants, yep. et cetera, et cetera. And yep. that was a tough challenge. So uh, we sort of flipped channels pretty quick. And uh, Did you finish that law program? Yep. Okay. Yep. Graduated. Uh, went to several interviews, made it to like the fourth stage mm -hmm. in a couple different police forces, mm -hmm. was first in the physical, yep. and uh, just never worked uh, out. Yep. Like uh, you watch the people that barely finished the, mm -hmm. the run mm -hmm. get hired. Yep. And it was because yep. Wrong time. they were not a white male at the yep. time. So yep. that's just timing, right? It's yep. nothing against that. It's just... Why did you want to be a cop? Uh, is there anybody dad, in your world that yeah, was like... Yeah, like dad had a couple of good friends that were cops. Yep. Uh, particularly uh, one, Paul Dunford, was a good friend of the family. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, just excited, you know. What was it? Like just the... Like the Probably team. back in the day, like the high-speed chases. Yeah, you know, Just driving you know. as fast as you can. And now uh, I've got probably fifty close friends that are all in that force, and mm -hmm. I would not pay you a nickel to do that job. Yeah, like they just the stuff that they go through. I would never want to do that. I yeah. probably would have. Uh, mm -hmm. I probably would have been dead by now. Mm -hmm. So stressful. It's crazy what they do, but yeah, no, I've got a lot of uh, RCMP buddies and city of Calgary yep. right here buddies that are yep. in Peterborough back home. A lot of my buddies grew up their cops, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, it's just it's a it's a tough job. You dodged that one. I did dodge that, yep. and uh, my uh, my mom and dad probably gave us the gift of gab. Uh, so when I got into uh, you know after college. I knew that that path probably wasn't going to work. Yeah. I might have got into a little trouble there as yep. well with a little drinking and <laughs> that after a ball game one night. But uh, that sort of diverted that off to the yep. side. Yeah. But uh, no, we, I started out with a Coca-Cola. Okay. Yeah. And I was uh, hired on as a summer student driver. Yep. And just uh, worked my ass off. You know, I would do, you know, the full-time guys were doing like, 380 cases and they were sending me out with 2800 cases to unload off a side bay truck which is the ones yep. with the panels on the side it's like old school so you had, like, you yeah. had to literally take them out put them on the dolly yeah. and drag them wherever they had to go and some of the stores are just like disastrous mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. like 
Oh my gosh. Second level stairs. Oh, everything. you're going into the basements. Yep. You're sliding it down yep. plywood. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. I'd go home every night, even at like 22 years old, just sore as hell. Dead. And, uh, yeah. Like at full day? Like, is that full day? And because you had so many, um, so much product, were they longer days than your counterparts? I would still beat them back to the shop. No way. It was always a going? race for me. You were it was going. always a race. It was always a race. Mm. You know, and I think that uh, once again, that comes back to just parenting where they instill you. You always, I don't accept losing very well. Mm-hmm. Never have. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I can remember being a kid. If we ever lost a baseball game or if I got struck out, I, would, I was that kid that would cry because I was no so way. upset. You wound up. And uh, yeah, they, uh, and very rarely did I get struck out, but no. <laughs> It was uh, it was great, you know. They uh, they just instilled that Indian to this day. I try and drive it down into my kids too. Mm. You know, my uh, young lad, he's just got a scholarship, so he's heading down to Tampa Bay for lacrosse mm-hmm. next year. Yep. The daughter, she's the driver of them too. So this will be interesting to see what path she's doing. She's mm-hmm. doing volleyball right now with the club. Cool. And uh, yeah, it'll be good. What um, when you don't like to lose? How did did that ever, did it transfer into school? Grade wise, yeah. Like, were you a were you a capable student, or were you just like sliding by, just doing other things? Uh, I was a good student. Grades, eh, seventies. Yeah, you know. Yeah. School never really interested me. Yep. I'd rather say, oh, you know what? <laughs> my wife. It drives my wife crazy because I can switch gears and just see something, and then I'll go right off and do that. And mm-hmm. she, uh, it'll be just like you know. School, yeah, I'd rather go over there and work mm-hmm. and do something physical yeah, yeah. than sit here in a boring lecture and, mm-hmm. you know, not boring, but, you know, yeah. at the time what they were like. And yeah. it was always interesting. So if there was a, or if there was a party, mm-hmm. heaven forbid, like yeah. I, my first year of school, I think I got my uh, degree in alcoholism. <laughs> so, You're a professional? <laughs> oh, my gosh. There was some... <laughs> There's some stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some stories. But uh, no, it was fun. You know, I always had a, a big circle of friends, which was awesome. And uh, to this day, that's what I try and preach to the kids. You know, mm-hmm. never never just have one circle of friends. Yeah. Have 50 circles yeah. of friends, you know, because it's friends are really what will help you down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting because I think that conversation at that age to know that to have the idea in their head that they shouldn't just be in one group. Because we both know going forward, like the amount of circles that you're involved in and you've brought me into, like it's just, that's all it is. It's just circles of networks and people you know that 100%. help you do everything you do. 100%. And that's, in this day and age, that's how you get things done faster. Yeah. So once again, it goes back to being fast and being first. Yeah. You know, uh, not to fast forward, but when you have all those friends, uh, you can get stuff done in yep. today's world, especially with today, like holy moly trying to get stuff you can just use your networks to get that stuff that much faster which is awesome and it's different though right not a lot of people have that option correct and why do you think that is what have they done that's different so i don't want to say laziness i'm almost more of an exclusion where they've chosen just to stay in this little pocket over here versus go out and wander into this pocket and go out and wander into this pocket like back in high school i would you know hang out with these kids the cool kids i would also talk to you know, back in my day, we called them like, not, I don't want to say skitters because that's not what the right term is. Punks but or like whoever. Yeah, you know, like they all lived out there. Yeah. So I just never chose one group. Yeah. 
trying to and you were chatty like uh, big I, extrovert i was a big extrovert so that kind of helps yeah. you know frame the the reason that you're kind of going to all these different groups yeah. it's easy for you it is very easy okay yeah and to this day i go up to every table well that's yeah yeah it fits perfect for what you actually yeah. do right now yeah um so drag it back you you're working at coke for a while six years and then this is this is like post law. So you graduate law, and you're like, yeah. hey, I'm, I need to do something. Yeah, I'm just going to start here because there's a big. Is there a big distribution center in Peterborough? So, so it was uh, it was just a warehouse plant. So all of our product would come down from Toronto and do a cross dock, and then we would uh, deliver it out from there. And uh, then a job posting came up, and uh, my fiance at the time, which is now my wife had moved sort of into the Oshawa area, mm-hmm. Toronto area, into dental. Yep. And the job posting came up in uh, Hamilton, the Hammer. Wow. So uh, I applied and got the position. It was a distribution manager. And I was going in there as a 22-year-old distribution manager, wow. managing unionized employees that had 30-plus years. Mm-hmm. How'd that go? Uh, it was interesting. So the first year, um, I walked in and they had warned me that uh, this union had filed 397 grievances the previous year. Mm. And uh, I took the 397 grievances as a challenge. And uh, in my two years as a distribution manager there, I had one grievance filed. Wow. So what was the what was the magic? Working with them. Yeah. Showing them. Versus telling them. So like right beside him kind of doing it? Go out in the trucks with them. Yep. You know, yep. figure it out. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, a lot of them are great guys. Yep. They were just using the union as a yep. a card. Yep. Which, you know, most of them were great guys. There was a couple that were. Yeah. They can't, be, they can't all be good. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but you went over the good ones. The good ones would sort of. Yep. Take care of. Take care of the ones that cried. Yep. Right. So. So you're there for a couple of years doing that gig? A couple of years, and then I uh, got promoted and went into sales. And then I sort of found my calling. This is all within Coke? This is all within Coke. Okay. So yeah. they, they, they kind of they kept on pushing you around. Yeah. Just like yeah. next. So next. I became a business, business development manager, and uh, my job was the education channel. So we would go in and lock up the school boards yep. for to put vending machines in there. Yep. And at the time, it was right before, you know, we had Five Alive and we had Tropicana juices, yeah, yeah. Dasani water. Yeah. Um, so that was sort of our healthy play to go in there, mm-hmm. along with your Coke and your Diet Coke. And then they had Powerade as well, right? Yep. So isotonics. And it was awesome. So you you'd go, would you go try and flip schools or just or uh, get schools to ante up, like sign new contracts? Or what were you doing? Uh, flip, sort of secure schools that didn't have anything in them. We'd yep. put vending machines in them. And then... Uh, it got to the level where it just became all school board deals, and right. those were like twenty million dollar deals. Mm. Um, and you just are you cruising around, just walking into schools and like selling? A lot of the time, you try and make an appointment with yep. them because the principal is usually the one you're dealing with yep. always. And but like cold calling, just trying yep. to find the right person. Cold calling. Yep. Once you get in, it's funny because the principals all know each other, and they're a little group. Mm-hmm. Once you break into that group, mm-hmm. it was it was good because yep. then it would go bang, 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 bang. Yep. This guy would call this guy and say, hey, Rob's, Rob's yep. a great guy. He's he here it. to help the school. He's got some good stuff for mm-hmm. us, so take advantage of this. Yep. And, you know, every school doesn't have a lot of money, mm-hmm. right? Their hands are tied. Yep. So if they're getting this off to the side yep. and they can get 
reimbursed this way. Mm -hmm. And then the school boards got smart and they're sitting here going, oh, all these schools are getting, we want that in the yeah. head office so yeah. we can control it. Which is why they then said, we'll come to the table with everything. Yeah. And then the kickback is, or whatever right. the deal is, gets different. Yeah. And that was great because some of the schools that you couldn't get into mm -hmm. that were Pepsi, and yeah. if you won the school board deal, uh, those yeah. Pepsi machines then were all of a sudden gone. gone. Why did you, when you said you had found your calling, what was it? And how quick did you know that? I knew it probably on my second day mm. of going out cold calling, talking to people. Mm. Just like, yeah. you just you just like bullshitting with people? Yeah, and just like I came back, them? like our job, we get bonused on how many machines we could put out, how many vending machines in the schools, yep. third party operators at the mm -hmm. time. And, you know, they would come back and... Uh, It'd be like, yeah, I got uh, two machines this week, three machines this week into different schools. And my first and second week, I think I came back, I had 30 one week and I had 40 the next week. No and way. it was just like, yeah, okay, this is great. And then it got to the point where the school boards were all sealed up. So mm -hmm. the deals were done. So Because yeah. you'd run worked, around everywhere. I'd worked my way out of a job almost. Yeah. And uh, then uh, my brother at the time was a summer rep with Labatt's. Okay. And I went to one of his promotions in Oshawa. Yep. And I actually drove from Burlington to Oshawa, which is about an hour and a bit. Yep. And I met up with his district sales manager, Paul Walker. Just, just to have a conversation? Were you angling I was, towards I was. a flip? I went there with a, with a goal. Yep. And I came home that, that night and said to my wife, I said, I think I just found a new job. Hmm. So Paul Walker and I had, had a couple beers and talked that night, and he said, yeah, flip me your resume if you're serious. And yep. I didn't know how serious he was on that, mm -hmm. but uh, once you get to know Paul, he's a man of his word. So mm -hmm. I actually, and this is what I found out later, he's, he's an amazing guy. So I found out uh, two days later, I sent my resume, and they called me two days later, and I got uh, an interview, mm -hmm. and that was a process that I don't think any company does anymore, but every company should take on. And they used to call it the gauntlet. And uh, Labatt had an import division at the time called uh, the Olin Specialty Beer Company. Okay. So in their portfolio was Stella Artois, Alexander Keith's, Hoogarden, Laff, Bellevue Creek, Seoul from Mexico at the time. We mm -hmm. were an agent for that. And uh, it was a friggin' four-tier interview process. In four grueling days in the gauntlet Gross. is uh, probably an eight-hour day, and they had you. And their their office was down on King Street in Toronto. It was beautiful. Mm -hmm. It was an old warehouse, refurbished inside. It was still had the the nostalgic behind cool. everything. They like the a, wood that's in like oh, exposed. They, yeah, we could tell you some stories about that, but there's still some guys at uh, <laughs> Labatt that probably don't want to know about those stories right now. But the uh, they had a 26-foot bar. In their uh, in their showcase room there, where they'd bring licensees in and train them. Cool. Because at the time, Belgian beers were growing yeah. rapidly. Keith's was on fire, mm -hmm. um, and it was uh, just—I'll never forget that interview day. Mm -hmm. You know, they got. Uh, why would they? Why were they? Okay, so don't, no disrespect. Yeah. Why would that industry? Like, why would they put these potential new hires through that? What is it that they needed to figure out? Well. Jeez, you did. There was aptitude testing. There I know, was but it, interviews. But it's, it's a yeah. booze company, right? I think uh, the main reason behind a lot of it is that you're on your own. Right. You're on your own ninety nine percent of the time. Yeah. So you're managing an area. That was the position that they were hiring for. Yeah. 
you know, I don't think they put their higher people through those interviews, pro mm. that process, that was different. Yep. But if you're going to be what they called a premium beer merchant, yep. territory manager, um, they wanted to make sure that you guys actually had it together. Gotcha. So they would give you different scenarios. Hey, you got uh, six calls to do today. Here's no your way. driving distance. Mm. And then at five o'clock tonight is your son's birthday. Yep. What do you do? What are you doing? And you physically couldn't do the six calls. Mm. Do you so, remember? Did they is, did they ask you that question? Oh yeah. And what was your answer? Do you remember? I was late to the birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Probably the wrong answer. But I don't know Depends if there is. You're a, sitting across. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there is a right or a wrong answer to that one. But crazy. Yeah. So this is for like territory manager for Labatt, and then um, where was like headquarters? Where could you? So. At the time, it was still two different companies, okay. and that's the way that they were going to the street with it. So Labatt had territory managers, Olin's had premium beer merchants, and we worked together. Gotcha. So, you know, we weren't allowed to steal any of each other's taps. Yep. Our focus was 100% to go against the comp competition. Yep. And it just gave us a new opportunity doing the separate on the on the street foot mm -hmm. traffic yep. of getting those accounts that potentially lock Labatt out. Mm -hmm. Just because they're pro Molson, yep. we could somehow get in there. Gotcha. And uh, my first year, I couldn't ship Stella and Keith's tap handles out fast enough in the Burlington, Golden Horseshoe, Niagara region. That was mm -hmm. my territory. So I did, uh, sorry, I did Hamilton to Niagara Falls. Okay. And then in year three, they added Burlington onto me, mm -hmm. which was awesome because I became best friends with some of the guys down there. Joe Dog's gang is amazing. If you ever get a chance and you're in Burlington, go to Joe Dog's. They're amazing guys and cool. great operators. So then, uh, you know. And you're literally going around cruising. You're going to all these restaurants, pubs, whatever. Creating programs. Uh, like getting, cold, cold calling? Cold calling, yeah. You like that, hey? I love it. No I way, loved it. Man. Yeah, I loved it. And and then and then they just um, they bought in on you. They bought yeah. in the programming and the beer. They was good. It was so amazing. They were, and you know what? Cold calling is not for everyone. Yeah. But you also have to have the right product when yeah. you're cold calling. Yeah. And when you're walking in the door with Alexander Keys and Stella Artois yeah. in your pocket, you're doing. It's yeah. it's an easy conversation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because what places don't have those beers in them yeah. right now Today. to this day? Yeah. Right. So, yeah, we uh, did uh, four years, I think, there, five yep. years in that area. Yep. And then uh, they promoted me and moved me to Ottawa. Mm. And I, uh, <laughs> I'll never forget this call. It was actually with uh, Brent Quartermain. And he it was a guy I really looked up to in the company, as I did to a lot of them. Yep. And they, uh, he called me and he said, yeah, we got a little uh, scenario here where... Going to, this was during a whole restructure. Labatta just went through a restructuring mm -hmm. and uh, they were losing the, so they were going to make me a key account manager in Ottawa. Which is a thing, right? That's which like a, is, that's a big jump. Yeah. And I said, uh, I guess I sort of skipped there. So I actually, I was already in Ottawa as a premium beer merchant yep. doing the area. And uh, when I went to Ottawa, Ottawa was the strongest market in Canada outside Nova Scotia for Alexander Keys. So 57 share. Okay. So 57% of all beer being poured at the time was Jeez. Alexander Keith's. Really? In Ottawa. Crazy. And uh, 
I'm going into a very, very tough market where there's not a lot of growth opportunity. Yep. And in two years, I'd taken the 57 to 69. Wow. And almost 70. I did hit 70 a couple of weeks where mm. 70% of all beer being poured in my territory was Keats. Crazy. And uh, then about, I think I was about three years into Ottawa. Yep. They offered me a promotion to go to be a, a key account manager in Ontario. Yep. And that's when I know, <laughs> that's when Brent called me because they had offered the position on a national sales call. Mm-hmm. So everyone's on there. I said, yeah, we're doing this. And then I got a phone call from Brent right after and said, hey, we got a, the new the new owners, which were the Brazilians, are not happy with the amount of cuts. We still need to make a few cuts. And we can't cut some of the senior key account guys because they've already been there for a while. Mm-hmm. Totally understand. Well, we're going to make you a, a retail liquor rep calling on the LCBO chain in Ontario. And I'm just like, that's sort of the job that people get when they can't cut it on the street in mm-hmm. the on-premise world. Yeah, yeah. on-premise is hard. And, uh, hard because um, just you have to understand what these people need and, and well, you're dealing with a million UMEs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's really it's. Whereas the LCBO channel, it's much more governed, and yep. they have you know planograms that they have yep. to follow on their shelves. Yeah. Just checking like boxes and it's dictated, but. Yep. We did find a way to get in on them as well, so yep. that was good. So you took it? I did. Regret. I was. I was so mad. I tell you, when, like, I, I, when I, they I, rescinded that offer as a key account and put me in as a freaking uh, liquor rep, like mad, mad. I was fucking mad. I, I, I feel like you have this like tick, tick, boom. Yeah, I was. <laughs> and Quartermain called me, and um, I'll never forget that call. He was actually really good, and he told me the direction on why they were doing that, and uh, he had actually taken their four strongest guys out of on-premise mm-hmm. and then Ontario put all of us into retail because that was the focus to grow that right. chain. So it wasn't you being singled out. It was kind of like, an it, it wasn't no. So, and they had some other great guys like, yeah, there's, yeah, the Labatt days were amazing. It was just a good people, great people. Yeah. Great people. Best job I ever had. And, uh, to this day, I still have the closest relationships pretty much with everyone that worked there. Hmm. You know, you can call them up and it was like, yeah. you've never missed a day. It's yeah. just those friends, right? Like, yeah. Cause even you, cause even you, with the distance? Even with the distance. It just, you get yeah. that connection, it's, yeah. it's there. Yeah, and they all come out to, whenever they visit Alberta, they're all coming to see me, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah. You know, they have I, all the places to go and like all the connections and restaurants and hookups, like yeah. chains, blah, blah, like, yeah. and they, they come all, find you. They come and I love it. And you know, it's usually a full night. Mm-hmm. So they usually mm-hmm. end up crashing at my house mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. and... Just reminiscing stories, right? Yeah. And telling old war tales. So yeah. it's been, uh, it was good. So after you did the, the LCBO thing, how long yeah. did you last there? Uh, I did that for another two years. Yep. And then they promoted me again. Mm-hmm. And I became the national key account manager for Western Canada. Okay. So that one was a move. That was our biggest move. And uh, they moved us to uh, Calgary. What year was that? That was 2006. Okay. Yeah. So, so just before the boom here. And you got to sell Jody on the idea of going yeah. west. Yeah. And this is, it's a big role. It's a huge role. Yep. Huge role. And luckily at the time, uh, she's, she's in the dental field. Yep. So she, her job, she could pick up and go get it in another dentist's office. That yep. was the good thing. Yep. Right. Um, and she always supported it. 
right? Mm-hmm. Like she never said, no, I don't mm-hmm. want to do that. I know that one was a huge move because yep. now she's moving away from family mm-hmm. even further, right? Yeah. But at the time I said, well, it's a, you know, it's a four hour drive to Peterborough yep. or it's a four hour flight but from Calgary to home. Mm-hmm. It's the same distance yep. travel wise yep. for us. Good right? sales pitch. <laughs> yeah. You can tell how you can tell while you're good at what you do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the uh she uh packed her all up and And you were good with this. Were you were you good to like leave all your friends and family and all that just to keep climbing the ladder and just I was performing? I was. Yeah. Yeah. And we needed a change. Yeah. You know, uh we just lost a daughter with a brain aneurysm. Mm. So that was in Ottawa and that was tough. Yep. You know, it was uh it was, that was probably two years, so it was time for a good change, and that was the other part of the, I want to say sales pitch, but the other part of the momentum to get out of there is everything that you would do and remind you yeah. was always yeah. there, and yeah. uh, I said we need to get out of there, so. Timing was. Yeah, it was timing was good, yeah. and that, and uh, we worked for a fantastic company, like, I don't know any other company that would have did what they did with, uh, with that situation. Mm. So just taking care of you and understanding that you're first, not, not the, not the business. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you get, uh, the VPs and the presidents coming to Ottawa just to see you to make sure that you're good Mm. because they, they all had true invested interest and it was, it was great that way. You know, I could never say enough of it with that for that. And, uh, then we moved out West and found our home calling you know the first first few years you'd go back for christmases and Mm -hmm. that and i can remember uh i think it was our third christmas back to ontario and uh, we're driving home to peterborough and jody looking off to the right and got the kids screaming in the back of course she (laughs) looks to the right and she goes i missed the mountains Mm. so that was actually our last trip for christmas home did you feel Going back, you know, back and forth. You know, you know what it's like traveling. You're living out of a suitcase. You're visiting as many friends and family as you can. Mm -hmm. Um, You always want to do it. It's Mm -hmm. just it it wears on you. You're always sleeping in different beds, different couches. Mm -hmm. You're usually drunk. Yeah, yeah. uh, (laughs) Yeah, late nights, early mornings, and uh, but it's great. You know, that's what you do, and it's just I agreed with her. So, and we had sort of gotten into skiing Mm because. When I came out here, one of my key accounts was RCR. Cool. So uh, you start skiing all the resorts, the Rockies. Yeah. <laughs> You're spoiled. Yeah, yeah. I can remember uh, my fifth day out here, actually, walking into RCR's head office and hooking up with uh, Tom Rosner and Matt Mosteller. And Matt says, "Hey, do you ski?" And I'm Matt. like, "Oh, yeah, I ski." And uh, he goes, "Okay, great." Had you skied before? Uh, just like at the local yeah, okay. hill, maybe twice. Okay. But just, yeah, flat <laughs> In Ontario, yes. <laughs> the local hill is not much bigger than a bunny hill out here. Uh, so the, uh, <laughs> yeah, I can remember, uh, I'm like, oh yeah, I ski. So I thought I would. Straight faced. Oh yeah. He goes, okay, well good. Cause we're going heli skiing next week and I'd love you to come. So I'm thinking, okay, let's do it. I've never been heli skiing. <laughs> so, I'm thinking, okay, how much harder can it be than going just down the hill? <laughs> I could remember getting out of that helicopter and almost shit in my pants. And I'm looking at these runs that they're going to go down because it was an overcast day, so we're glade skiing in the trees. And I'm thinking, where's the wide open runs that you see people just doing mm-hmm. figure eights down, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I had pictured. 
my second run down, blew my uh, ACL out, MCL, sorry, blew my MCL out, and uh, we were out of Bugaboo's Lodge, mm-hmm. and I can remember the guide coming up behind me, he's like, do you want me to get the helicopter to lift you down? And I'm like, not a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Too much pride for that I one. I <laughs> will get to the bottom, I don't care, and the snow was so deep, it was like, I've never skied in that deep of snow, it was like up to your hips. And uh, we made it down, and I got in that helicopter. I'm just like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> went to the, went to back to the lodge and had a massage. Sat in the hot tub for the rest of the weekend. Made sure the bar was open when the guys got out from their skiing. So do what you're really good yeah, at. <laughs> it was awesome. But yeah, and then the next year I went back again. They invi- actually invited me you back went again? again. Yeah. Were you, you had like I'd, regular mountain practice? Then? Yeah. yeah okay. By then I was, I could actually ski. You're capable. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was fun, but uh, some great memories with those guys for sure. And so Labatt out west for years, and then something yeah, changed? Yeah, so I uh, retired from Labatt in 2009, yep. and I just had, uh, you know, probably, I think, enough of uh, calling on this little area right here in Alberta. Yep. It was going to be either I was moving again, which we didn't want to do again, yep. you know, so you're either moving back to Toronto, yep. potentially the States, Vancouver, wherever, to a bigger market. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't want to do that. We actually loved Alberta. so Just felt right? Felt right. Yep. And we had an opportunity, and I just sort of seen, uh, you know, there was an absence. We were living in a little sub-bedroom community called Okotoks, just yep. outside of Calgary here, and seen an opportunity for a restaurant. And after dealing with restaurants and pubs and mm-hmm. everyone mm-hmm. for the last 10 years i'm thinking okay i think i can do this better and i think i can do it or just as good as most yep you know and uh we took the leap of faith and i can remember going into cibc and them shooting me down and i banked since i was like you know ever since you had a bank account with cibc mm-hmm. so i was crushed and i remember being at the park that night watching the the young lad on the swings and that, and I was talking to my neighbor, and he was the president of the local uh, Scotiabank branch, and okay. he's like, I'm telling him my story, but hello, I was pissed at CIBC mm-hmm. and that. He says, you know what you should do is come see me tomorrow at Scotia. So we did, and we went down, and they approved everything, loved it. You did, you came to the table with the idea to, um, new concept? New concept. Yep. So it was uh, Riley's Cattle Barn at Nokotoks. Okay. We were building it with a rooftop patio. So from scratch? From scratch, okay. ground up. Yep. We had uh, negotiated a lease rate. It was going in a strip plaza okay. out there. Yep. So building wasn't built. We were mm-hmm. going to build it ground up with a rooftop patio. Yep. And uh, we got the approval from Scotia. We switched everything over from... Which, yeah. It's the chances, crazy. right? Crazy. Zero. Like the girl at CIBC at the time, they that wasn't restaurants is not on their hit yep. list, right? And yep. restaurants are, as you know, yes. every yep. four or five fail. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just like, well, you haven't seen me. <laughs> but you, did you know? Did you know through and through that, like you said, you're walking in these rooms for a decade and you're just kind yeah. of picking up little things? What were you picking up? Were you picking up the work ethic vibe or the manager vibe or what were you looking at? I was picking up what was working for them. So you, you knew Concept which businesses wise. were busy based on their volume of sales. Correct. And then you would just kind of deconstruct what they were doing? Yeah. And the biggest thing that you always take away from good restaurants for me is relationships. So if that yep. manager comes over or that server, you have a wicked server, yep. right? You're going to go back yep. usually. Yep. 
The food could be even mediocre, mm-hmm. and you're going to go back. But yeah. if you have really good food and really good service, yep. you're going back, mm. right? And that's really the key. And you knew you could figure it out, and obviously you knew you could work through whatever well, it took had to some, It took a good year to get that part. I'd never really even dealt with a kitchen. I've always been, I've always been in the kitchens, yep. but I've never actually operated a kitchen. Yep. So steep so, learning curve. Steep learning curve. Surprised you how... Yeah, and you know, at the time, it was getting tough to get uh, workers because right. that's when Tim Hortons was paying their staff at the time, right. you know, $17, $18 this dollars an hour. 2010? 2009. Nine, okay. Nine, okay. yeah. So we actually started out with a really, really young kitchen, mm-hmm. like 17, sorry, 18-year-old kids right you, out of high school. You designed the menu? I designed the menu. So you, like... The menu part was... A problem. Like it, you could figure out what I did, what you wanted to serve. Yeah. And obviously you had the booze and the front kind of covered. You understood the vibe of what the servers, kind of how you wanted them to operate. And the back, you just you were confident enough to say, okay, this is the this is the framework. This is the framework. This is what we're going with. It's more of a up. I don't want. I don't even want to use that word upscale because that's the wrong term. Uh, it was more of a different type of steakhouse. Yep. Slash pub. Yep. Combined. Okay. You know. And uh, you got to remember, you're going into a more of a rural market yep. with Okotoks. So it fit, like steak. It would fit. Yep. You got to have steak. Yep. You know, that was my thought. You yep. have to have steak. Um, um, and the idea of being in like in a strip mall, was that? Was it was that, great. It, was that number one option? Or would you The only affordable option. Wait, okay. So where I currently am today, yep. we actually looked at that land because it was for sale back then. Too. No way. And I remember them saying 1.3 million. I'm like, fuck, I'm out. I can't afford that. <laughs> so, and that's why a lot of restaurants are under leases, right? Because they can't afford to buy the land, build the building. Right. And when they can just walk into a lease that has a building on yep. it already. Yep. That's so it's, a good, it's a good first step. It's a great to first figure step. figure it out. First step. Okay. So Scotia set us up. We got things rolling, got everything figured out. Mm-hmm. Then the town of Okotoks came back to us and said, oh, I know that your building permit says that you have the rooftop patio, but the development permit that was submitted for that plaza never showed a rooftop patio, so we have to go back and get that. Mm -hmm. And that involved all the neighbors again. Right. So now it goes into the paper. Mm -hmm. People can come forward. And we had a young lady that I never met in my life stir up the pot. Based on what? Like it's in a strip mall, it's a restaurant. Well, across the way was a subdivision, okay. which she backed onto. Right. So her thought process was that we were going to be bringing cowboys to yep. uh, Okotoks. Yeah. yeah, big rooftop that's yep. going to be bumping all night. Yep. And that wasn't the case at all. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's just, uh, that was her mindset at the mm-hmm. time. So we proactively found out that this girl was doing this and she was going door to door to get people to sign this petition. So mm. I just got everyone that came in the restaurant to sign our petition in favor of. Yep. And on that list, I had the police chief of mm-hmm. the RCMP out there, mm-hmm. the fire chief of Okotoks, um, lots of regular guests, yep. doctors, lawyers, mm-hmm. welders, mm-hmm. mechanics, everyone. So yep. when it came time to go to the hearing uh, and see if they were gonna approve our rooftop patio, she never even showed up, which blew me another way. But anyways, we were there, and I showed up with 6,800 signatures in favor of, and mm-hmm. her petition had seven mm-hmm. against. So that was good. We got the rooftop rocking. Yeah. 
I called all my friends and we built that in mm-hmm. about probably six days. No way. And uh, it was a long six days, but uh, that's what you do. That's what we do, mm-hmm. and uh, we keep her rocking. How so, long? How long was it around for? So we had Riley's 2009 January 9th. We opened and we sold it in November first, uh, 2015. So it was a run. Yeah. And. And I never went there, so I have no context yeah. of what it was. But I, I understand how you operate your business right now. Were you the face, the voice? Were you there, you know, like open to close seven? My first three years, I don't know if I ever left there. Yep. You know, because. What were you making sure? What were you, why did you, besides the work ethic, why yeah. did you do that? Well, we changed it probably four times. You were just on the fly. You're like, this yeah. is not working. We got to yeah. go a different direction. Yeah. Reno- whether it was a renovation. You know, when we first opened up, we had like 25% of the building space was lounge. Yep. And the other 75% was dining room. Mm. And the dining room was asleep at like 8 o'clock. Yep. So I'm like, and, this, and the lounge was packed and people mm-hmm. would walk in. And I'll never forget this. I seen six couples walk in and they couldn't get a seat in the lounge. So they turned around and walked out. Right. They didn't want to sit in the dining room. The, the dining room just didn't, didn't have a vibe to it? No. Yep. So I'm like, oh, that's got to change. So grabbed the chainsaw, the tools, mm-hmm. and ripped that all out mm-hmm. and built a, we added on. We made the lounge 50-50. Mm-hmm. And uh, then it was it was awesome. And I'm also a big community guy. And that's, you know, you talk to anyone in this, in- in this industry, mm-hmm. that's where it goes. So you're supporting, you're doing fundraisers. What was your teams. move? Yeah, what, what was your, like, what were you up to? So the, the first one we did the first big move really is you go after the big teams. Yep. So we have the dogs in town. Yep. We've got a junior A hockey program. We've got a mm-hmm. baseball program. The yep. dogs are awesome. Mm-hmm. So we sponsor them. We have a box there behind home plate. Yep. And uh, that really just started the ball rolling. Does people see, they just see your name associated with some, like the big piece of the community and that connection is starting to build? Yeah. I would uh, like to say I'm probably one of the larger ones out there for sure. Yep. And, uh, you know, you got guys like David Sobeys, he's amazing. Yep. I'm doing his part as well. Um, Ford and all the guys, the big guys will all do their part, right? Mm-hmm. They all do a great job. And, uh, but you were, you were starting out. I was starting out. And you, and you saw that you needed to, you, you needed the community to buy into what you were doing? Minor hockey, especially in Okotoks. Hockey's big in that little town. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, yeah, it was just there know. at that new fancy rink. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's nice. Yep. And they, uh, they have a great little, you know, minor hockey system. Yep. And with the minor hockey system comes a lot of great dads and moms. Yep. So with that, we started doing fundraisers. So we started a program where, you know, I would charge the team nineteen ninety five yep. for their team dinner. They mm-hmm. would sell the tickets for thirty bucks. Gotcha. They would keep all the ticket money. Yep. Plus they would do raffles yep. there, and have a fundraiser. And if they did it, I would try and tell them to do it at the start of the season. It's an icebreaker for all the parents to get mm-hmm. to know each other, mm-hmm. and it would become a party. So again, you were kind of cold calling to these like league so- these associations, yeah, pitching them on this idea. Yeah, and a lot of them would come to me as well, right? So once it started to happen, yep. these teams are always yeah, yeah. looking for fundraising yep. ideas, mm-hmm. and it's way better than doing a bottle drive. Yep. You're gonna make. You know, mm-hmm. I've seen teams leave there with like twenty thousand dollars, and it's fun too, like in a four-hour event. Yeah. And then now they got their stuff. They were giving checks back to the parents. Crazy. So they've never, you know, and mm. times have changed a little yep. bit. Still, if you do those events, they're yep. great. They're great one-off parties. 
and yeah, it's it's fun. Mm. So the community that was your first yeah. that was your like that was the first big community play. And and then so you you're trying to figure out the community, and then you're kind of tweaking the building as you see tweaking fit. the building as we see fit. We got the rooftop up there rolling. Yep. We actually added onto the rooftop. I can say that now because yep, we, we might not have had a permit for yeah. that, but we got it extended. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it was good. It was a run. And yeah. what? And what? And why? Why did you decide to sell it? See the times. You know, there was a couple new spots coming in to yeah. town. Um, not that they really affected us. It was like a bump. You know, for three months, everyone wanted to go ride the night the new yep. shiny bike, but yep. they all came back. And uh, Joe and I just wanted to try something different and get out of the restaurant industry, to be honest. Which is just going to be a great story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it's, yeah. Because the restaurant industry is hard as hell, period. Hardest job in the world. Yep. And, and it can eat people up and spit them out. They go bankrupt. They, they, there is a lot of reasons why this business yeah. is torture. Yeah. So yeah. you want to get out. So you decide to sell it. Yeah. Like I've done some, I grew up a farm kid. Yeah. And I will guarantee you, hands down, that the restaurant industry is the hardest industry to work in in the world. If you do it right. If you do it right. And you have to be passionate and you have yeah. to adapt. Yeah. And you have to be willing to adapt. Mm -hmm. So it's not always what I want, mm -hmm. but you have to be able to read what the customer wants yeah. because at the end of the day, it's the customers mm -hmm. that make your business. Yeah. It's so cliche, but it's people... People know that, but they're not willing to make the changes. Right. Either they're too ignorant or stubborn, or whatever, or they got no money, whatever the issue is, they yeah. just don't want it. Yeah. Like, they'll understand, they'll yeah. learn, but they don't. 100% of the time. Or lazy. Well, yeah, and that's the big one, right? It is this day and age. Yeah. Especially with the younger operators. Totally. Yeah. Um, so you sell it. Then what? Sold it. We had a great year off. <laughs> you actually took a year off? I did. No way. Yeah. Did that hurt you? Uh, <laughs> just with the, with the engine, you know, like yeah, as, you're, as you're always yeah, rolling. Or is it, well, was you it know, when you don't have a restaurant or a business, which way the bank account goes, it's yeah. only going one way. Yeah. And uh, I've got a wife that can spend. Mm -hmm. Well, but, you're, you're not bad at that either. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a double yeah. trouble with you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I always tease her. She's the one that rubs that right back in my face. But uh, no, it's, uh, you know, we took some time off. We did a lot of camping with the kids, and it was uh, it was a good, healthy year. Yep. But uh, at the end of the day, I'm like, ah, we got to do something different, mm -hmm. you know. And I just uh, we seen a really good opportunity. And at the time, I'd gotten into barbecue, just messing around your backyard, just messing around. Yep. And uh, went in a couple competitions with buddies, and we got so goddamn drunk, we didn't but, even finish those competitions. Yeah, it was just more like get the guys yeah, together. It was awesome. Throw some meat on the smoker. Yeah, like we were down in Pond, uh, Coeur d'Alene. Yep. Uh, I can remember uh, we pulled the trailer down there, get set up, and we're like, okay, let's go to the bar. <laughs> so we went to the bar for the day. We come back at like 7 o'clock that night and make sure everything's set up, ready to mm -hmm. go. And the girl, the organizer comes over and she goes, where were you guys, you know? You missed the fire inspection. You missed the coaches meeting. <laughs> you missed all this stuff. And we had been at the bar for five hours. And uh, so I'm like, oh. And she goes, and what's that cooler full of beer? You can't drink. This is a this is a public park. No way. And she goes, but just say that uh, uh, you're cooking with it, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, got you. I got you. <laughs> 
Would you like one? <laughs> so the she host. sat there and she sat there and had a beer with us. It was hilarious. So we were talking, and then uh, I said, "What time's all this stuff got to get turned in?" So she gives us the sheet, and then I said, "Is there anything else?" And she goes, "Well." The fire inspectors weren't happy with you, but I just told them that you were all from Canada <laughs> and that uh, everything was good. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, okay, good, good, good. So got uh, we turned on the smokers. We didn't even know what we were really doing. Uh, we turned on the smokers and we said, well, everything is in the smoker. Let's go back to the bar. <laughs> so we did. We get back to uh, probably like 1 a.m. Mm -hmm. We came stumbling into the park yep everyone's out there dead serious yeah, like yeah. smoking working like, their looking stuff. at these <laughs> drunk canadians we're all falling in the tent <laughs> one guy the next morning he goes oh my god i didn't know who was snoring louder between you guys because there was four of us <laughs> no oh, it was like chaos time. yeah and the next day the turn in time uh we got a did not qualify in the say, ribs because yeah. we didn't turn in enough ribs mm -hmm. we were supposed to put six in the box uh just the things you learn over the years so you were like, um, you're interested in it. Very. It, it, like, Very. You're, you're, you're kind of like, it's yeah. a joke, right? It's a joke, but you were into it. You were well, trying we, to figure it out? Prior to Riley's, we had actually already converted okay. to a smokehouse. Okay. So when I sold Riley's, it was a barbecue house. Okay. So we went from steakhouse to barbecue. Hmm. And uh, at the, the people, time... People understood that? Oh, yeah. Like, like our, were you our, smoking steaks and stuff? Like... No, we were smoking brisket, okay. pork butts. So it was a, like full ribs, on. yeah. Okay, and uh, we'd gotten into it. Um, a bunch of friends and I actually went in a competition here in Calgary at the yep. Bow. Okay, that once again was another disaster. You and never take never, you and competitions. Never hey? take friends to <laughs> with you to barbecue comps. Have you ever done one that you're like half proud of? Yes. Yes. Down, yeah, down in Austin. Okay. Yeah. Okay, we'll get to that one. <laughs> yeah, but the. Uh, the competition in uh, barbecue and the bow here. I remember we didn't go to bed, and we stayed up all night drinking. And at six a.m., I I said we need to get the chicken going because that was the first thing you had to submit. Mm -hmm. And I can remember walking into the trailer, and the guy was sitting there with a letterman, trying to deskin the uh, chicken, mm -hmm. and he was just annihilated. A good buddy of mine, Willick, <laughs> and uh, I just looked out at him, going, "We're screwed." <laughs> Another competition oh, done. Well, first of all, it started Friday night. Uh, they did a chef's challenge. Mm -hmm. So you were allowed to submit one appetizer okay. for judging. And uh, we thought, oh, we'll go and rock this, right? So we had carved out a watermelon to be look like a whale. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the mouth looked like a whale, had a tongue of pulled pork coming out, and then we laid shrimp on it. Well... We didn't know that we weren't allowed to submit seafood as part of the rules. <laughs> so that was a DNQ. So that's what started the weekend. <laughs> You're consistent with the DNQs. Oh, my God. Yeah, the things you learn. So you, you were uh, competent? Oh, yeah. 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 Like the, yeah. the restaurant was pumping out barbecue, yeah. so you understood all yeah. the ins and outs. Ins and outs. And you thought you were playing at a level. Yeah. You think you're playing there until you go to the States. Is that Was that your turning point? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So look, go sorry, go back to your year off. You're trying to figure out what it is, and then I, yeah. I want to hear this one. Yeah. So you know, there was days that I didn't even know what day it was. That's what happens when you're not in the work world, right? Mm -hmm. you, you wake up and you're like, "Geez, what day is it?" You know, mm -hmm. is it Saturday? Mm -hmm. Like every day feels like Saturday. You're calling buddies, like, "No, I'm working oh, yeah. today." Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, what do you guys? I'm like a puppy because like I don't like to stand still too often, <laughs> and 
like, hey, what are you doing tonight? You want to go golfing? And, you know? <laughs> Where and then we I, go? I, they're like, yeah, we got to work. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. sucker. <laughs> but, you know, and it, gets, it just gets boring. So yeah. uh, we had went down to Texas and uh, just sort of been, you know, I've been there now, what, three times, four times? So you, you go down there on a, on a like, R&D, yeah. like, figure out smoke? The like- last one, mainly. So the Austin visit was great. Yep. You know, you got to go down there and see how these guys are actually doing it. Um, like a paid be, program kind of thing? You no, went down? out of my wallet paid. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. So, yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. But you, yeah. there's, whatever, you go down there and you, you, you go to a place and learn from... Learn from them. So yeah. I'm trying to think here right now. I'm having a brain cramp on what it's called now because it's called... Uh, Is that an F? No. Hmm. That was later. Uh some other not who do oh, they're the big they're one of the big guys down there give mm. me a second i'll think about yeah. it but yeah you, so you go down there on a bit of a mission yep yeah and this is learning and a year like during this year off yeah so you're just like yeah i still have yeah. to, i need to figure something out we do you know we did a lot of one-off trips yep both jody and i mm-hmm. this one was on my own and uh we went down there actually caught a football game yep. got to go down to that and i found uh that I was sort of doing it right, but I yep. wasn't doing it right. Did you know that you weren't doing it right? Uh, or were you pretty I, confident in what you were up to? I thought I was pretty confident. Yep. So as we got, as we were opening, I took my head pit master, Ryan, yep. and we went to Georgia, and we did a whole week with uh, Meyer Mixon. Okay. And that was awesome. I came back, you know, we did a whole hog course with him. He does a great course. You know, I would say for anyone that wants to go down Go do that because yep. he does a great job. And Myron Mixon is the legend, right? Like mm-hmm. he's the winningest guy in barbecue history. Yep. And I thought, okay, so I came back and we switched everything on the menu. Yep. We were going Carolina barbecue, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and a lot of their stuff is always sauced. Yep. So for a year we rolled with that. It was awesome. And then I went down uh, and we got the opportunity to go down again and work with Aaron. You're good. And uh, I came back and I switched everything again. Is this Riley's or is this Big this Sky? This is Big Sky. Okay, so yeah. Big Sky's now. You got to go back to where. Sorry, we got that. Yeah, yeah we're yeah. getting ahead of yourself. Yeah, well. yeah. So keep going. Yeah. So I guess the whole the year off, I can't remember really what we did in the year off. It mm. was a blur. 12 months went by. 12 months did go by. Yeah. And I remember. Uh, we wanted to go buy that land, and I said to Jody... It was lurking there still, hey? That location You is, knew the minute you saw it way, way in 09 that yeah. this, was the, this land was going to be something, should be something. It's a, So I can sort of remember when uh, all my friends were saying, you know, we had just bought the land. Yep. We'd sold Riley's, we had the year off, we were mm-hmm. doing nothing, and come around June, I had... Uh, and I... When I sold the Riley's to uh, the group, we had a five-kilometer mm-hmm. non-compete. Yep. So that way I couldn't open anything up in Okotoks yep. again, right? And I remember going there, leaving Riley's and driving, and I think I was 7.2 kilometers you away. Yeah, yeah. So you're like, okay, so that's... I'm good. I'm safe. Went to Scotia. Back to your with guy? The, with the business plan. He yep. had moved. Okay. And they said, no, we couldn't do this. Mm. And I'm like, okay, well, my track record here yeah. with Riley. So, yeah, not to keep going back, but that whole CIBC thing, mm-hmm. 
know, we had that all paid off with Riley's in three years mm-hmm. with Scotia. And uh, I'm thinking, okay, so I got a good, and they're like, yeah, I know, we just don't do the restaurants anymore mm-hmm. like they did back then. Yep. So then we went to ATV, mm-hmm. and they were awesome. Cool. So ATV uh, was willing to take our risk with us. Yep. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, – so here we are sitting on a tailgate in the middle of a field mm-hmm. on the side of a highway. And mm-hmm. Give some context to where it is, just in case people don't know where this field is <laughs> from Calgary. Yeah, it's on Highway 2A. Yep. Yeah, just like five uh, minutes off the... Five minutes, no. Two minutes? Like, like 30, 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah, 30 sorry. seconds yeah. off the Deerfoot yeah. as if you're going into Okotoks. Yep. So we're, yeah. not, we're not in Okotoks. Yep. We're seven kilometers away. Yep. But, uh, so you're sitting on the tailgate. Yeah, with Joe and come up with a name. Yep, big sky. And uh said, let's do it. So You're in. We're in. Bank gave us the green light to mm-hmm. go, and uh, that's when I got on the phone and started calling all my contacts yep. and yep. contractor friends. And mm-hmm. We started digging uh, September 3rd, and we opened November 3rd. I love how you remember these dates, because yeah. it's, it's the amount of work that goes into it in that amount of time. Is well, I lived there. Yep. For eight weeks straight, I actually had a trailer on site, mm. and uh, there was some days where I wouldn't let friends leave because mm-hmm. this needed to get done, and yep. I had a goal. And, and the next I, step, yep. And I wanted to be open before Christmas and try and get some of that Christmas parties in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can remember everyone saying, you won't be open in eight weeks. Yeah. Yeah. you know. And I'm like, yes, yeah. I will. And we were. So to build a restaurant in eight weeks and open, even if it's in a lease building, is yeah. unheard of. It doesn't happen. It does not happen. And, uh, yeah, you just had great friends and mm-hmm. work long hours. Mm-hmm. Like, tw- it would be nothing to say that I didn't probably work eight straight weeks of 22-hour days. Mm-hmm. And uh, catch an hour here, catch an hour there. Mm-hmm. But it was... Hell. It was, uh, yeah. You, you're a hard-working yeah, dude. But yeah. even that, that's, a, that's, that's a lot. That, that's that a, was a push. Yeah. I think I dropped about 40 pounds. Yeah, you must have been ripped. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's just because I didn't eat. Uh, Fasting. Yeah, my diet was beer. Um, but yeah, no, it was good. And uh, what year was that? That was 2016. Okay. Yeah. So 16, you pop up Big Sky. Pop up Big Sky. There it is. It's gonna be a little 50 seat restaurant. Opens as a Carolina place, or was Opens it your as- own? Yeah, so we just said barbecue at the time. Yep. We hadn't really dignified whether it was going to be Caroline's. It was, it was kind it, of like your spin on it. Yep. And then you went to Myron Mixon and kind of like, yes. I got, this is. Yeah, I it. could remember opening the menu. Was, we put this, someone should punch me in the head. But you, but the crazy, you yeah. knew. Yeah. Like you knew so much already. Yeah, and he, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. And I had our menu. It was a little wee menu on a, I think it was a 42-inch TV. No way. And in at, that giant building, in that giant building, in that time, the uh, you had to come up to the counter and order your food and pay for it. Crazy, because that's the way that they do it in the U.S. Okay, a lot of uh, U.S. barbecue houses will yep. you pay for your food mm-hmm. and then you get your drinks at yep. the table and you start up a second tab. Okay, that did not fly in Canada, so we did that for about a year, and I was trying to retrain people. Mm-hmm. The challenge is I had a lot of buddies say, hey, Rob, I want to come there, but I can't do two tabs and expense them mm. for work. Mm. So I'm like, okay, so we call up and, you know, we're, I'm looking and looking and looking and looking. And then I went to a restaurant. And I remember they had iPads right yep. at the table. I'm thinking, that's slick. Mm-hmm. You know, the server's 
gives them a little bit of an edge on yep. putting the order through correctly right there in yep. front of the customer. And so that's what we did. We went to all iPads. And, Which is uh, pretty early back then. Yeah. So that was in 2000, halfway through 2010. Yep. Or sorry, 2017. I'm going back to Riley. Halfway through 2017, we were all order at the table now. Yep. And uh, then the monster just took off. Like it was busy out of the gate. It, it was, I can remember being lined up in our first year, like all the time as just, well. Just uh, word of mouth. Word of mouth. People knew, like, because you'd been established in Oak Tokes in that area. You had friends in Calgary, and people just, like, you know, yeah. they come try. They and tell I don't people. think a lot of people even knew who Rob was, okay. right? They just knew Big Sky. Yeah. And uh, it was something different. Mm -hmm. It's in the middle of nowhere, really. And, and, and so confusing to an outside person like myself that was driving that road, like, wherever I was going. You would see this building on the side of the, in a Big Sky barbecue. I'm like, hmm, they must sell barbecues. Yep. And, and, yeah. That's what I thought yeah. all yeah. for all these years until we finally met. Yeah. And but that like Yeah. 100%. And actually we were the sign I had ordered actually just said Big Sky Barbecue and a buddy brought that up to my attention early mm -hmm. and I'm like you're right. So we added pit mm. onto the end of it. Mm. And for years, and I mean years and still to this day. Yeah. People think that we just sell barbecues. Yeah. Yeah. It's so Mhm. Mm Whatever. Whatever. It's <laughs> yeah. I can't, uh, I can't say enough, but yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. Put a picture of a yeah. piece of meat. You, can't, I don't, you, don't, you don't need to yeah. do anything anymore. Yeah. People yeah. now know. Yeah, exactly. You're fine. Yeah. So you, you, you're messing around and then when did you decide to go south and kind of start tweaking the food again? So that was, you go to Myron Mixon, you kind yeah. of figure out, okay, this is a... We switched everything to Myron and then we went back to Austin and uh, went to Sierra. Yeah. And, uh, why'd you, and why'd you, was that, was that something you wanted to get done? Yeah. It was just on your list of, I yeah. need to figure this. Yeah. There's one more person that I want to go see yeah. and that's Tootsie at mm -hmm. Snows. Mm -hmm. She's the queen of barbecue. That lady's 83 years old. Awesome. And she still works two jobs. Crazy. At 83. And, uh, I want to go meet this woman before, before, yep. uh, before she calls it a day and yep. retires because, uh, that's still on the bucket list and now that we can travel again, that will happen Here very soon. Yep. But uh, Aaron is the, to me, so the way I break up barbecue and I tell this to everyone is Myron is the king of competition barbecue. Okay. Aaron is the scientist of barbecue because mm. that guy is a genius Yep. and uh, very modest. Mm. You know, like uh, if you ever get an opportunity to watch some of his flicks on YouTube or, yep. you know, uh, Masterclass, whatever, yep. uh, He's very in depth on how he breaks everything down, mm -hmm. and he's Texas barbecue. So, and in Texas, there's different styles of barbecue too. So everyone thinks, "Oh, you're Texas." That's no, no. If you're north, central, south, mm -hmm. uh, there's different styles of barbecue in yep. Texas as well. So he's typically more in the central area, and a lot of salt, a lot of pepper, mm -hmm. which is all that they do. Yep. And I'm just thinking, that's simple. Because Myron's like all these creations of different seasonings and yeah. spices, and yep. it's overkill yep. to me, especially in the restaurant world. Yep. Right? Like, obviously, you have food costs that you want to keep in place, but at the same time, you want to be able to blow people away with mm -hmm. some great product. Mm -hmm. And Aaron's more just love and passion, right? Like, it's, it's a science. Yep. He, he's very simplistic about the way that he does things, but he's very, very uh, organized mm -hmm. and 
on everything mm -hmm. right down to the temperature right to the single degree right yep. so and not that my iron's not don't get me wrong yep. but aaron is that's what he, that's what he's known for that's what he's Aaron's more cocky yeah yep. <laughs> aaron you and i can talk to mm. right so that's interesting that's a difference there mm. but uh so we came back we switched everything again again Again. This is all in a short, you know, like yeah, from probably open, two years. Two years, you've flipped in the menu twice now. Yeah, and you're you weren't. Were you nervous? No, this time I was dead confident because you had a base of customers and they kind of come to you and expecting something yeah. specific. And yeah, and I it. think with the way that we were doing it, we were probably a little bit more inconsistent. Okay, and uh, you know, you, you keep learning. Yeah, that's the end. Like yeah. every day, we change something. Mm -hmm every day yep and we'll do a different feature we're not just setting a menu right? we're switching it up every day mm -hmm. that's what you want to do and you want to get the new clientele in yep like we have customers now that drive probably five hours just to come see us on um, and i can't fathom that i can't picture me saying no. hey joe let's get in the car and we're gonna yep. drive to yep freaking grand prairie mm -hmm. uh, for to, dinner. Go, for, to go for dinner mm -hmm. but people do mm -hmm. and it's amazing and this the last the last switch yeah that's been the one that you've been riding tweaking yeah for years now yeah and at yeah. the root of it it's simple it's how do you, how do you want to coin it uh simplistic yep. you know like uh salt and pepper texas barbecue yep you know it's it's uh more prep yep like we started one in the summer, mm -hmm. you know, we're there, but it's basically a 24 hour operation. We've yep. got a new smoker being built right now. So we've what's, got it, what's it called, sir? Kong. 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 <laughs> we got the beast, which is our biggest smoker right now. Yep. And it's uh, 16 feet. Kong will be just shy of 24 feet. Massive. And, uh, it'll do whole hogs. We do hogs right now. So I also have backwoods smokers yep. and, uh, they're all wood burning. So we don't do pellets, we don't do chips, we don't do any of that stuff. When you're ready to graduate, you get up to stick-burning mm -hmm. smokers, right? Yeah. A little bit, not much more work, but a little bit more. Yep. On getting the heat level to be consistent, but that's also the style of smoker that you get. Yep. And uh, it's been, uh, yeah, it's a process. We are probably, I'm going to say, going to look at doing even a six-smoker here. Cool. Yeah. So... Just, yeah, it, it drives my wife nuts. Just the consist, the constant movement going forward. Yeah, growth, change, growth. growth. But to your point, at the very start of this conversation, that was a that was a chunk of how to how to create a a, a proper restaurant, right? Innovation. Like yeah, it's to. got it's got to be a big piece of it. You know, uh, I've done two renovations in five years already. We're yep. doing our third currently. So it's not you just being like a hardworking. You're, you're not just randomly doing these things. No. It's your, but you're, it's this constant amount of energy to keep this thing changing and moving forward. Yeah, you're figuring it out. I've got, uh, we have another great partner, Peter. He's in Ontario. Mm -hmm. And he's also probably the most solid business guy I've ever seen. And mm -hmm. we talk. I always dream. Yep. You know, that's that's Rob. Yep. You know, I'll shoot ideas. Mm -hmm. and He'll always challenge me with uh, more of the logistical mm -hmm. and the financial side of things yep. on why. So it's and a good... uh, it's an amazing partnership. Yep. Uh, I would never have it any other way. Mm -hmm. He uh, he will challenge us. So right now, you know, we've, we've taken some tables out and we've did the big horseshoe bar. Because yep. 
that has been a godsend. You know, people are there all day long. Just at the wood. Just sitting at the wood. Yeah. And that never really happened before. So that that's a win. We're bumping the south side of the building out for yep. a new private meeting room. Yeah. Covering the back corral because it's an incubator in the mm -hmm. summertime. If mm -hmm. you've sat it, you've sat it yep. there. It's friggin' hot. Yeah. And then we'll have garage doors roll down. Cool. So it'll be, uh, it's going to be awesome that way. And it's just the way it is. Keep All, rolling. Always tweaking, changing. Always tweaking. Yeah. Always innovative and always keeping up with the Joneses, yep. as I say, or yep. keep, keeping up with the times. Mm -hmm. um, so how many years are you into it now? Uh, five and a half. Does it seem like longer? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and just because of, it just, it feels like it's been there for a long time. And if, I'm sure the amount of hours you put in feels like it's been there even longer. Yeah, but. you know I've got a wicked team, yeah. and uh, that's part of the bonus is just you got to have the right team. Yeah, like Ryan's been with you for ever. Yeah, yeah, since day mm -hmm. two. Yeah, um, you know Brennan, Mel, yeah, uh, all of them. They're mm -hmm. wicked people. Yep. My young lads there. Yeah, my daughter's there. You'll meet her. She's mm -hmm. a handful. She's awesome. the uh, she's the feisty one of the family. Cool. 13 years old telling me what to do so uh, boss, boss. That's, that's the way we <laughs> that's the way she rolls so but yeah no uh all the kitchen guys uh we have a wicked kitchen team yep you know will matt or yep. sorry will jv ryan i got yep. two ryans in there that's cool. always fun and uh yeah uh just everyone mm -hmm. just makes it go they have a and uh like a got a new guy there leo he's doing great just go cool. we start early like early early and early th this is this is okay we have to clarify this because this was the big eye-opening thing for me was when you say start early it doesn't mean like you're you're just chopping lettuce and tomatoes no. you literally get there at whatever time yeah, yeah. whatever time it is one two and you're throwing meat on yeah like, like it's, a, it's a real like i'll give you a story not many people know this story last summer I uh, got the guys to start the smoker, and usually if you start the smoker and you soak the meat down pretty good, you're good for about 60 minutes without being there. Yep. So they started the smoker at midnight. I got there at about 1, and uh, I noticed there wasn't any smoke coming. And I'm thinking, that's weird. They told me they'd started the smoker. Mm -hmm. So I went over, and uh, our smoker is, uh, we have propane assist. Yep which helps uh, keep the wood burning when we're... So you in the 40, minus 40, you yeah. don't have to be out there. There's a little help. stock on wood all the time. Yep. And uh, it helps keep the wood burning. So I'm, I look in, and the wood's not even burnt. It's still sitting there stacked as if we just started it. So that's weird. And I couldn't smell anything, but the propane was on. Well, that's weird. So I went back. I checked the tank to make sure that there was no hoses kinked off or whatever. And uh, come back up, and you know how you test for uh, if there's gas in there at one in the morning, you throw a match in. <laughs> so I uh, held the lighter, and uh, all I seen was that fire coming at me. And I dove out of the way, friggin' tore all my rotator cuff in the shoulder, <laughs> tore it in two spots right off the bone. Um, I've got burns all over my arm, and uh, I'm sitting there rolling around in the middle of the morning, like at one thirty in the morning by myself. Torched. Torched. And uh, so I got up and I'm thinking, what the hell? So I figured it out because every time I 
close the door on the smoker, mm-hmm. it would snuff itself out. Mm-hmm. So someone had turned the damper on the stack. And every time the door closed, the fire snuffed out. Crazy. So we figured that part out, got it open, and I got the fire going. I'm sitting there with burnt arms trying to light, because we were out of food. We sold out the day before, as always. And we trying to get the smoker going. So I called my wife. I'm on my way home. My arms are on fire. They're just burning like hell. And uh, it's like 3 in the morning then. I'm like, hey, can you... uh, get some wet rags. I said, I friggin' uh, had a little accident at work. Just a little accident. <laughs> she's like, what'd you do? So she, I get home and she's waiting for me at the door and she's got wet towels and she's like, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, whatever. So I said, just go pour an ice bath. I'll hop in there and mm-hmm. see if this shit cools down. Mm-hmm. She's like, you're going to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay, let's go. So get all packed up and she's driving me into the hospital. I said, well, listen, I got to stop a big sky. <laughs> I got to spray the meat. <laughs> so she's like, you're fucking getting me. And but, but you have to, right? Cause you have to, or else, it's 30 or, minutes or else all that yeah. stuff, all that product is dead. Oh my God. So first of all, I don't know how it wasn't torched because the fire that came out of that thing was like a torpedo <laughs> taken off and it was blown against the side like of my building. Oh my God. Thank God that building's metal. But, uh, yeah, so we stopped. I sprayed all the meat. She's just sitting there shaking her head like she always does. This is it, though. This yeah. is like, that story yeah. is like the bow on yeah. why you do what you do and how you do what you do. When we got to the hospital and uh, the girl looks at me and she goes, oh. <laughs> so she's like giving me Advil and stuff mm-hmm. and trying to get me in. And you know what's good for fire, for burns? Silver. Silver? Yeah. Like tablets of silver? Well, they have these pads now and it's oh. silver pads. Really? Yeah. And it just cools it all down. They put that on, it was instantly gone. See, I hope I never have to figure yeah, that out. Yeah, exactly. Just so you know. Okay, thanks. And then the price of pads, apparently, <laughs> according to the nurses, goes up and down with the market of silver. So, but yeah. Crazy. Um, we've been chatting a while. I should put a, put a bow on this sucker. The, the interesting thing with this conversation, the, the only question I ask is when I say the word Calgary, where does your head go? I'm going to frame it a little bit different for you. Maybe Southern Alberta. Yeah. So if I, when I say Southern Alberta, where does your head go? Probably the big sky. Yeah. Yeah. Immediately. Yep. Yeah. It's just like. Yeah. It's it's kind of everything. Like. It is. It's your life, right? Like you get up every day. You're always trying to think how you can make it better. Yeah. You know, you want to be successful. You want all your staff to love to work there. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it's it's a monster. Yeah. You know, we uh, we took what we were originally opening as a little fifty seat restaurant, mm-hmm. and it's the you know, it's the biggest barbecue house in Western Canada. Mm-hmm. That are. nobody knows. Like, yeah. I say that tongue in cheek, right? Yeah. It is yeah. The, the biggest one in Western Canada. And it's, it's, it's getting, it's like, obviously a shit ton of people know about it now. Yeah. But still, it's a sleeper. Yeah. Just, just outside of Calgary. That's why I love it. It's sneaky. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need to come play in this big market in yeah. here. I've got a yeah. big monster outside it and mm-hmm. then everyone comes to me to see. So it's yeah. been, it's been great. We Super. have the best customers in the world. Yeah, and I will say that day in and day out, mm-hmm. you know, without them, yeah, you're so com- customer focused. Yeah. We work in the entertainment industry, mm-hmm. right? I call it, a lot of people call it the restaurant industry. I call it the entertainment industry mm-hmm. because when people are going out and they choose to come see you to spend their money, yep. I always say thank you, yep. you know, because they've chose, they have a million options mm-hmm. where to go, yep. right? 
the fact that they drove out to come see me because yeah. you're not walking the big sky. Nope. Good on a horse. We have a lot of horses come. But <laughs> and the odd chopper. And the odd chopper. Yeah, the odd <laughs> chopper. Lots of bikes, and that's a whole different animal. Totally. The, the motorbike scene's amazing. Yeah. But uh, yeah. That's cool, man. Um, thanks for taking the time. Anytime, partner. I obviously know how busy you are. So it's all uh, good. I'm sure you've been up since whatever time today. Yeah, so it's all good. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Talk yeah. soon. Have a good day, my man. Thanks. Okay. Be good, buddy.